Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and we're so glad to have you joining us here. This is a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. I have two of my friends at the table with me. First of all, Becca. Hey, guys. And Brian. Back again. What's up? (laughs) Well, we just survived Thanksgiving. We survived the weird uncle passes on our girlfriends. We've survived the awkward. (laughs) (laughs) We've survived the second apocalypse with all of our family going down in sickness. Yes. That did actually happen. Food poisoning in the in our Thanksgiving with the pumpkin and the pecan pies. Possibly. Possibly. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah it's brutal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pitfalls that can happen on Thanksgiving when, you know, politics come up and all those people, all those family members are around for a really long time that aren't used to being around. But I hope your Thanksgiving was better than ours. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, too? There's so much to be thankful for, whether or not, you know, you get sick or Absolutely. you have things happen. It was still such a good good time praising the lord together so yeah absolutely and so i have a question are you becca and brian listener you can also chime in on this are you black friday people are you small business saturday people are you cyber monday people or or are you the super spiritual giving tuesday people (laughs) yes have you been partaking in all of our our american economy days. I definitely yeah. am a Cyber Monday shopper because Monday all the way. I have I just for the past every single year of my life I, I've worked <laughs> on Black Friday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Including totally. this yeah, past Friday. Worst. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like you go out and you see um you see like all the fights and stuff like that. Yeah, I've never actually seen one. I hear about them, but I've never seen one happen. Oh gosh, they happen out there. I'm sure over electronics and stuff like that. Where you're, I used to work in retail. Yeah, at a jewelry store, and it was a crazy day. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I just do Cyber Monday. Just like do my do it online. So is what you're saying, Brian? Home is what you're saying, Brian. Is that Cyber Monday is the day for unity? All the other days are devices <laughs> in some way. And that was a professional segue. I appreciate that. Because today we are talking about unity. And unity is what we need in this world. It's what we need in the church even more so. So that is the topic that we want to look at from a few different angles today. And here we go. So one thing that I've really noticed about NBA basketball over the years. I've been a lifelong fan of the NBA. <laughs> yes, you have. That's for sure. The best teams can never stay together. One of the secrets to basketball is chemistry. And you have to have unity to have chemistry. And I mean, you mm-hmm. can go down through history. Uh, you know, Chris Webber couldn't stay on the Warriors. What could have that team looked like? You know, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal couldn't play together in the Lakers. They could have won. Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Well, I don't know about them. Well, they did stay together, but good, good, good Good historical basketball reference, Becca. You just mentioned Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. I appreciate that. We won't keep talking about the history of basketball. We'll save that for another podcast. But unity is so crucial on the basketball court, and it's a great illustration of how crucial unity is. 
in the life of a Christian. If you want to make an impact for Christ, if you want to make a difference in this world, we have to have unity as a church. I have been preaching this year through the book of Philippians, through 1 Corinthians. We've been in Ephesians. You know, that's not the only books we've preached from, but in those books, it is just laced with verse after verse. Every chapter almost has something about unity. You can't go very long without Paul bringing up unity when he's addressing the churches. And so I wanted just to walk through a few of like the major themes that I've seen and and just highlight them. If you if you go to Doxa Church, you've heard me preach on these, so I'm going to save some of the illustrations. I'm not going to like re-preach a sermon or anything like that. But one of the things that was really helpful for me that I noticed, and this comes from Ephesians, we are told that we should be eager to maintain unity. And that word eager to maintain, you know, the old King James translation of this word is endeavor. And it, get, it basically gives you this idea that you have to go on this adventure, this this journey to make it happen. It's, it's implied like in that word, this isn't just something that's going to happen easily. You have to be eager to maintain it. So again, you if you have to be eager to maintain it, it means what's the common thing that's going to happen if you just don't really do anything, if you don't put any effort out? What would y'all say? Does unity just automatically like flow constantly from our lives? Yeah, it'll <laughs> definitely not be there. If you coast, you're about to have a big issue. Yeah, yeah. If you something. if you relax on this and you just don't worry about it and let everything slide, like you're gonna run into. I mean. People are people. Yeah. We're all people. We're going to have conflicts mm-hmm. with each other. There's going to be things that we say that offends people. There's going to be things that are misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. So we really as a church have to remember that this is something that if we don't maintain it, it is going to fall apart. And our relationships are like, how are you going to take care of that home? You know what I mean? If you don't do anything to that home, if you never wash the walls if you never cut the grass if you never mm-hmm. put slap a coat of paint on it every once in a while if you never maintain those shutters that are that are getting a little creaky things get nasty over time things kind of wear down and break down over time yeah and that's the way our relationships are so that was the first one it was really kind of an eye opener for me another thing that i've seen just throughout the new testament over the last year is limiting your liberty shows the love of jesus and this is when we were going through 1 Corinthians. Right. We're going through 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10. And in chapter 8, it's basically a liberty chapter in how we love and encourage each other in the church. It's kind of talking about like our inreach. In chapter 9, it's how we limit our liberty to reach out to the world, to those mm-hmm. who don't know Jesus, the outreach portion. And then in chapter 10, it's it's this vertical concept. It's how limiting our liberty will affect our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That is a big piece of unity that I'm yeah. glad you bring up because I think preferences are a big one, you know, yeah. or choices or decisions. Cause not everything, I mean, we have to maintain, you know, like the truth of scripture and everything we do as a church. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think where we really get disunified on isn't always the big things. It's like all mm-hmm. this little stuff. True. That's more preferences. And so the, the limiting our liberty, even though we have liberty, I think is a really important thing to bring up. In yeah. That, you know? Because can does not always equal you should. You know right. what I mean? Like there are things that you're free to do in Christ that sometimes it can 
push another Christian into a super uncomfortable position where they're actually going to be sinning mm-hmm. against their own conscience. Right. And that's something the Bible says, like, hey, out of love, let's limit our liberty in those things. And it kind of sounds un-American. What do you mean limiting, <laughs> limiting my liberty? We're what so individualistic. <laughs> <laughs> it is a misunderstood concept. And a lot of times it's because people run into, well, this is a slippery slope, right? If I'm limiting my liberty, there's always somebody who has a higher standard than me. So I mm-hmm. can't do anything. So we're not saying, hey, don't do anything because someone out there right. would have a minor beef about it. Like, right. That's right. not the biblical principle it's a good there. Distinction. The you cuz you could really just pull your hair out trying to please everyone if that was the case. So that's right. not what limiting your liberty is all about. It's really about consciously limiting your liberty so you don't cause another brother or sister in Christ to fall into sin. And the next thing is unity is from the Trinity and we we again saw this in Ephesians and There's a passage in Ephesians where it says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. And look how it explains it. Verse four, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to our call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So, for Doxa Church, for, for anybody who's a Christian out there, our greatest threat isn't Satan. Our greatest threat isn't persecution. Really, our greatest threat is ourselves when we get disunified. It's not knowing our own sin and the disunity that that can bring. And we see unity modeled in the Trinity. Like that's where it comes from, the Father, awesome. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. right there in that text. And that's literally perfect unity. We have the perfect example right there. And they all work together perfectly in harmony. Absolutely. So another one, and this is from Proverbs, but you see this spirit throughout all these writings in the New Testament church. With pride comes contention. Whenever you have strife, whenever you have disunity, like mark it down, it's coming from an angle of pride right. on someone's on someone's account. Always. So the humble thing to do is to say, I don't have to have my way right here. I don't have to get exactly what I want. I know you're not 100% right. There's been times in my life where I haven't been 100% right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show some grace. I'm going to defer here. When one person in the equation doesn't stand on pride and when one person like just comes in with humility, that will diffuse a situation that can get out of hand. Oh, Absolutely. Consider others more significant than yourselves. This comes from Philippians 2, where we see right before we get this great example of Christ coming to earth as our Savior, as our sacrifice, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And it's so simple, but that's so hard to even pull off. Like, mm-hmm. you got to go to the Spirit. You have to rely on Christ to live that out. But this is why we have to do it. The world is watching us. If the world could actually see Christians being the most unified people on earth, where we're loving for each other, we're caring for each other, we have each other's backs, they would be blown away with, with who we are and what we have. Mm-hmm. 
you know, unfortunately, we don't always see that with Christians. We see Christians nitpicking at each other. We see Christians, you know, building up their camps and doing their thing and poking fun at other people all the time. But if we would just love each other like we're told to do, mm-hmm. love one another, this is how the world would know that you were of me, Jesus said, if you love, if you have love for one another, they they would be blown away. You know what's funny is it always makes me laugh that people act like all these other things often are like rock hard commands. Mm-hmm. And it's like unity is the command. Yeah. Unity is the command we see more than some of the things that people are being disunified over, you know? <laughs> yes. It's much more clear. It's right. much more important. Right. So when we do this, when we have unity, at the end of the day, it proves to the world that we know Jesus and it shows that we are different. It shows that we have something that they need, that they're missing because we know for sure our world doesn't have unity. So we have to model it and it's a great way that we can be a testimony and, and reach people for Jesus Christ and the gospel. So I don't think you have to look far to see how disunified our world really is. You know, just take the next election cycle. You know, I'm not going to get into the weeds on that, oh, but it's, it's bad. Be careful. Right? <laughs> it's so bad. And it's, it is. It's really, really, really tough out there. But within that, there's so many little pockets of people that have things are unified around, right? Mm-hmm. And what I kind of want to talk about today is the thing that we should be unified on. There <laughs> what you go. gives us the best unity is is Jesus Christ, obviously. But that is really something that we have to talk about as Christians, I think, because just like you were saying, sometimes we're the worst at being unified. And I think we are in a battle, you know, we do have a target on our backs and that much more, we have to be vigilant um, to really, to obey the command that we have from the Lord. But we talked a few weeks ago in church about holiness and that's another, you know, big word that (laughs) David did a really good job explaining. (laughs) And it got me thinking because you know, David was bringing out in that message how as Christians, we really do look different from the world. Mm-hmm. Primarily, we're known for our love. And sometimes we get made fun of or we get treated differently. And for me, though, sometimes I've noticed that sometimes my unsafe friends, maybe not on social media, but if you're just talking to them in normal life, mm-hmm. sometimes they're more gracious about stuff or they're more kind about disagreeing than mm. even other Christians are. And I think that's something we really need to be aware of. Right. But not to just constantly bash Christians. I'm just saying that to say, I think we have a bit of an issue a lot of times. And I think sometimes we think of disunity as kind of, like you were saying, like a it's definitely a pride issue always, but maybe more of a, we think of the legalistic side of it where someone's trying to put something on someone and make them, you know, well, I'm a better Christian because I do this. Yeah. But, I know for me, I've seen this on both ends of the spectrum. If we're really honest with ourselves, I've been treated poorly or differently by other believers that are further to the left of myself and further to the right than Mm -hmm. myself. And I've felt disunity from both of those ends at times. Because ultimately, if there's any shade of pride going on, we're going to be disdainful of those who have stricter convictions than us 
or we're going to be downright angry at people that have less. Yeah. Right. It does. <laughs> so, it, you can cut it both ways. I've heard people describe it as like reverse legalism. When yes. You're just like angry at all the people who made you used to do this one old thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you basically are doing the same thing. You're doing the same <laughs> that thing. You it's both mad pride. about. Yeah, you yeah, just kind of reversed pride. it, and you you jumped on the opposite end of the pendulum. Mm-hmm. So again, it's where the balance comes in. Right. So I kind of want to point grace. out that it's really easy to do that, no matter where we fall on, <laughs> yeah, whatever spectrum we're on. And really, we have to just remember that again, unity comes through humility always. And Jesus exemplified that perfectly with his life. But truthfully, I've been in both of those spots before in my life. And by God's grace, I've learned to fight both ends of that spectrum. You know, Mm -hmm. the trying to make people live up to me or the nothing matters. (laughs) Yeah. And I know me and Ben constantly just check our hearts on that just all the time and our motives. And, you know, we love people and we have so many different people in our lives. And I know we've just had to really pray hard and really, um, and really choose humility all the time to really see people as God sees them, to love them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to give people time to grow and, doesn't mean we don't challenge thinking with scripture. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, ever have those conversations as God lives us, gives us, you know, relationships to do that within. But I'm really thankful for a husband that leads our home in this way. And mm-hmm. I think we have a church that is this way where we can all be different, but we can have unity um, through Jesus Christ and through humility. But unpacking this just a little, I just have a few questions. Do I care more about my own preferences? Or do I care to limit those at times for others? Kind of all. We already talked about that some. Do I care more about my own desires than the needs of others? Do I care more about being seen as spiritual than I do about being vulnerable? Do I care more about being relevant than I do about building up others? Do I care more about what God gives or does for me than who he is himself? Uh, Do I care more about who I am and what feels true to myself than I do about the others around me and how my choices and expression affect them. And I think this is where the early church was struggling. You know, some of the issues that they had were just cultural. Um, Some preferred to worship on Sunday and others on the Sabbath. You know, Mm -hmm. some ate only vegetables, some ate everything. They were divided over personalities and teaching gifts or their favorite teachers. Um, The first Corinthians one, 12 and 13 passage. Um, But Romans 14 just sums it up and says, Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Um, Then it gets into motivation in verse 6. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. And he ends the chapter by saying that each of us will give an account to God for that. Yeah. The key there, it's telling you, like, focus on your relationship. Like, you're going to give an account to God for what you do. And the interesting thing is there, there's some blurry gray areas there, right? Because for for some person, like, doing this, whatever you're doing here, like this offer, eating this vegetable or offering this, 
it can be a sin for one person. It's actually not a sin for another person, depending Mm -hmm. on their background, where they're coming from, what they have, like where they're going. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think one of the Mm -hmm. things that we have to remember is not as black and white as sometimes we all think it is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even if we think something, we need to kind of consider the other person's position and where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And that's where the grace comes in. Because there's something that we can maybe even learn from that situation. Oh, yeah. Always. So, and, I mean, it's just funny to see the same stuff is happening now that was happening then. Yeah. People just get passionate. You know, people. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, you know, you have to look at the motivation. Where is my heart motivation in this? Because it needs to be hard, running hard after Jesus. Yeah. But, you know, even here we see, like, people weren't necessarily had terrible motives they're mm-hmm. just passionate about it. They really felt like it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's just saying, you know, you're going to give an account to God. Yeah. You know, remember that. And I, I'm glad we're talking over that because I think it's really valuable. It um, is. But I don't want to get too stuck there either because I want to go into what our unity is is around. And, and it's around Jesus. Um, because it's never supposed to be easy. And... I think that's where what we see in the world, there's things that people are unified on. Those are the things that are easy to unify around, you know, sports teams or whatever. Those are easy. But when we're, when we look at the body of Christ and we have really diverse backgrounds and we have all these different things coming together, it's actually not easy to be unified. And that's where it looks so different to the world is that, hmm, they know this God. And because of that, they can be friends and they can love each other truly. And when we have that unification around Jesus, we can lovingly work through things. We can come to agreements if we're all being humble. And like you were saying earlier, that's everybody being humble. Something practical I've learned myself to do is this. If someone's maybe rubbing me the wrong way or something's bothering me, does that ever happen? Ever? Really? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love people but you know people are people and I've always I've learned to just pray pray about it and pray passionately I pray out loud a lot of times to God where I'm just having a out loud conversation and if I pray for God to you know just show people what he wants them to see it takes so much pressure off of me where, you know, like I don't have to change someone. Um, I can be patient. I can give it to the Lord. He's the one doing the work in everyone's lives. And it's not up to me, um, but I can just pray about it and I can give it to God. Last thing, how do we really get unified? You know, it's not by focusing on our differences, but focusing on what we have in common. And if we are really gazing at Christ, you know, gazing at the glory of God, you know, we can't help but be able to be unified with the Christians around us because we're going shoulder shoulder to shoulder, you know, towards that amazing God. Right. You know? And the more we look like Jesus, you know, the less we focus on all those small things and the more we focus on what just really matters. Mm-hmm. And that fixes it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really think the goal and the, the fix is to just look at Jesus, look at the glory of God. So we can hone our affections to the same thing. We can spend our time and effort on the same thing. We can stand together in opposition to the things that God hates. But if our hearts are collectively sold out to the same Savior, everything falls into place. Right. One of the things you mentioned even earlier was, you know, 
focus on building up rather than just being relevant in people's lives. And if you're doing what you just said at this last point, if you're just focused on Jesus Christ and how I can build up somebody in Christ, how I can point them to Christ, that's unity. Man, so what an incredible topic for both Beck and I to end this season on. <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah, like I kind of feel that the topic of unity is like a culmination of all the topics we've discussed. Like we have point. unity through our friendships. We can find ultimate unity with God in our season of singleness. And we can actively unify through the healing of forgiveness. And there it, you go. yeah, it and is, if you haven't listened to those, you need to go back and listen. Oh to those. yeah, for sure. Right <laughs> I mean, it's just been such a wonderful time to come together and talk and learn from each other. And I hope that you listener got something out of what everybody had to say this season. And mm-hmm. I just really hope that the Lord spoke to you during an important time in your life, hopefully. So speaking of an important time, I mean, it's Christmas season. Like, starting Black Friday, like, Christmas is on. It's upon us. Oh, God, Santa over here, too. Didn't think you were going to get that today. No. (laughs) We're just in the spirit, festive, jolly, and bright. I don't think you have the build for Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Need to grow some more facial hair, too. Yeah. (laughs) Eat some more. Banana pudding. Cookies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just seriously, though, like, what a better time to be unified with our families, our friends, and our churches. Like, Christmas has unity all over it. We unify as a family to decorate the house. We unify as friends to go out, have fun, and celebrate. And we unify as a church by coming together to sing Christmas songs of praise and be reminded Mm. of the joy that was brought in a manger, the joy that is currently here, and the joy that is coming. And that's that's just what I feel that unity does. It brings joy Mm. and it brings peace. Yeah. And it's, it's all wrapped together in love. And I mean, Christmas and unity are just... They're so awesome. So they really do go hand in hand when you think about that. When mm-hmm. people during this season, especially Christmas season, when they're thinking about the right thing and there's there's gifts happening, there's there's joy in the air. Mm-hmm. Unity is just hand in hand with yeah, that. Yeah, it seems easier in this yeah. season yeah. somehow. Exactly. Yeah. And so like why does it just suck for some people then? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like really, like if Christmas is supposed to be a happy, joyful, wonderful, like magical time, then why is it that depression rates and disunity seem to go up during this season of togetherness? And I mean, like I can certainly name a few obvious ones. I mean, During a time that, you know, we're supposed to share the love with everyone we know, especially our family, a lot of us, you know, have unfortunately got someone that is not going to be with us this year. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they passed on or maybe, maybe a long relationship was severed during the year, it can definitely 
not feel unifying. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of us are like completely stressed out because we want to get the perfect gift for our friends or maybe we want to get that expensive toy for our children, but the budget just isn't cutting it. And, you know, we worry if they're going to be disappointed or even if they'll still love us and, you know, I mean, call it extreme. But I mean, these are like legitimate thoughts. Um, some of us even overcommit to holiday festivities and we try <laughs> and we try to make it to everything, but we, cause we you're want, just exhausted. yeah, you just yeah. exhausted because yeah. you, you want everyone to know that you love them and that you care about them. Holiday hangover. Exactly. <laughs> and in that process, we get drained of just everything. And suddenly we just aren't finding enjoyment in the community that once made us happy because, you know, we feel like a shell. Yeah. Um, during the holidays and maybe maybe during the festivities, we have to see family members who, you know, we don't necessarily have the best relationship with us. You know, people we don't really want to be around, but we do any way to keep the peace. And in either case, none of that sounds very unifying, especially during Christmas. So now that um, we've squeezed a couple of the triggers of the holiday season, which these are very true for a lot of us. I just want to read to you the greatest truth that ever existed. And that's in Matthew one twenty three. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Manuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God yes. unified with us. Yeah. You know, earlier this year, I lost one of my cousins unexpectedly and her name was Tori and like her death was just absolutely tragic and we were very close in age and I've really been putting this off but I mean recently it's just been kind of been hitting me that you know when and if I go down to Great Falls this year to see my Aunt Rhonda, Aunt Lori and the rest of the Grangers Tori's not going to be there wearing a Pokemon shirt. There's not going to be any new tattoos to talk about. And hmm. it's just going to be sad to be there in the house where she used to live. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to unity, especially during the Christmas season, it can feel impossible sometimes to feel like you're unified when there's a piece of your family missing. So for those of y'all out there who are like really feeling this right now, I know I am like, Know that it's okay to be sad during the holidays. Know that it's okay to remember painful things and be sad about them. You know, this is part of grieving. And what I challenge you to focus on this holiday season is that God came down in the form of a son and God thrusted him into a grieving world to be the hope of the earth. And Jesus Christ was with us, unified with us, and he still He's still with us today. He's still with you today. He never left you. He never will. You are so loved. And Mm -hmm. the best unity that you can feel is with Jesus Christ because, uh, I mean, John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm -hmm. Darkness around the holiday season may, it may try to overcome you and flatten you by its boot, but by faith and unity in God, God's just not going to allow it. He never Mm -hmm. has, and he never will. Darkness has never overcame our God because he came to overcome the world. That's awesome. You know, that makes me remember what we were talking about on Sunday 
um, David Miller was here with the Child Freedom Coalition. Yeah. And he was saying how, you know, God always runs to the problem. You know, yeah. like the problem of sin in the world, he literally sent his son to fix it. And how cool is that, um, that we have a God like that, that mm-hmm. he goes straight to the problem and he mm-hmm. gives us the exact solution. And I love that you just close us out on that, Brian, because it is, that's the most beautiful truth. God yeah. came to us. Yeah. <laughs> this was really the perfect thing to talk about because I, and I was hoping you would, you would bring out this point because there's so many people hurting at this time of year. Maybe it's a mom who's not there. It's the first time they've ever, ever had Christmas season or Thanksgiving without, mm-hmm. without their mom or, you know, we could go down stuff. the list. You've already gone down that list. We don't need to revisit it. And those things are so incredibly hard, but the hope is in our savior. Yeah. And that's really what this season is about. And we look to him. He's the one who provides a way for us to see them again. Mm-hmm. He's the one who provides a way for us to live the way we were intended to live. And that's what goes back to this whole podcast. It's about living our life on mission for the glory of God. Like that's what we're here for. That's what we have hope to do because God sent Jesus into this world. And this is the time of year where we think about that greatest gift. And even though we're lonely, even though we're going through that pain, even though we miss the loved one or we're going through something that's really tough during the season and just the joy that everybody else has, you know, almost stands out even more. And and we feel like we're off and there's something wrong with us because we don't have that at this season. Just go right and press right into the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. That's what brings unity. And that's what brings actual peace, Mm -hmm. which is the byproduct. And and it's the initiator, the catalyst Mm -hmm. of all these things that we celebrate this season. And I mean, what an example of humility, you know, that unity coming through humility. I mean, Jesus Christ is God. He was fully God and he decided to come and become a human. Just think about that for one second, how mind blowing that is and Mm -hmm. how much humility that took. That's why we have unity with God right there. We have unity with God because Jesus Christ humbled himself and came into this world. We can have unity with other people when we live like Christ. Amen. Thanks, guys. That was great stuff. Well, we're going to wrap it right there. And this is the end of our season. So we're going to take a little break this Christmas season. I hope you enjoy the extra time with your family and you know, if there's episodes you haven't caught up on, this is the time. Catch up on all those episodes. Pass on the docs of dialogue. Please do give us a rating, a review. Recommend us at those family conversations that you have this holiday season. <laughs> at all those parties. It'll be better than talking about politics, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah it's exactly right. When the awkward a, conversation comes up, just have this one ready to go. Hey, you know, my church has a podcast. <laughs> It's called Docs right. of Dialogue. They talk about unity in that, and I think you should listen to it right now. No. <laughs> but we'll be back. You should listen to the bitterness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> listen to the bitterness episode. Uh, did we have it? Yeah, whatever. Anger. Oh, it was the anger. anger. Yeah, the anger episode. That's right. And the bitterness episode's coming in more, more warm and fuzzy <laughs> coming at you. Yeah. Well, we love you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in 20. 20. You were loved.